Welcome to the Eat Local Central New York podcast. Today's episode is with local chef and restaurant owner Chance Bear. If you are not familiar with who Chef Chance Bear is, do yourself a favor and head out to the Ridge in Chittenango. Not only are you going to get some amazing, delicious food, but you're going to be able to sit in one of the top 10 most beautiful restaurants, in my opinion, anywhere in Central New York. The Ridge is just a, a diamond in the rough restaurant out there in Chittenango that you need to get to. So check out the podcast, listen to this genius talk about his experience in the food industry and where he came from and where he's going. And uh, then head out there to the Ridge and get some of this delicious food that they're cooking up for you in such a great setting. If you haven't heard, we have this massive contest going on right now for Eat Local CNY. When you purchase your Eat Local CNY card over at eatlocalcny.com, you're automatically entered to win dinner for a month. That's what I'm calling it. I love this contest because what we're doing is we're giving one lucky person $600 in restaurant gift cards to 30 locally owned restaurants in and all around Syracuse. So excited for this contest. I cannot wait to pick the winner and see their face when we give them this awesome prize. Just head over to eatlocalcmy.com, purchase your Eat Local CMY card for $20. And when you do, you get to use the card at over 90 restaurants in Central New York and save $5 every time you spend 25 or more. So head over to eatlocalcmy.com and pick up your card today. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Chef Chance Bear. Where did you grow up? That's a that's an interesting question. Okay. I was I was actually born in Oklahoma, um, and moved around a lot, um, not by choice, not by any particular reason. Yeah. Um, my parents are you know were separated when I was young. Yeah. And so we would move uh, wherever like one of my stepdads could find work. Was born in Oklahoma. Moved to Texas, to Arizona, to, okay. you know, all over the place. All over the place. I, I don't know if you could tell by my thick southern accent, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there a place you call home or you think of as home? You know, that's, uh, that's another funny question, too. Uh, moving around so much, um, you don't necessarily get attached to one place. Yeah. But a place that I definitely would love to see again is, is Oklahoma. Okay. I, Tons of family and cousins and that live there that um, that's probably as close to home as I would call it. Yeah, what part? Uh, I was born in Pawnee, but I lived around Stillwater. Okay. Uh, so All it right. was just a small town about 30 minutes outside of Stillwater. I've spent, my sister used to live in Broken Arrow, and I have friends in Oklahoma City and stuff like that. So I've spent a little bit of time there, nothing crazy. Still, to this day, I'm still blown away by that red dirt. Oh, right. The clay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Man. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. We, we used to get stuck. My parents would drive like a, an old school SUV, like a Ford Bronco, and it would get stuck in the mud. Just the, the clay there is awful. Yeah. So you wait till the next day till it dries up and then you go back and get your car and <laughs> pull it back out. But it's just and spiders. 
interesting thing about uh-huh. summertime yeah. is uh, they tend to live in like little holes. And when it rains, like mm. up here, you see frogs. But at night in a rainstorm, you see spiders running across the really? running across the road. Just like like big ones like that? Like big, big hairy spiders. Holy uh, like crap. arachnophobia style. Oh, my God. Ugh. No <laughs> way, man. I spent two years in central Texas and uh, just wanted to, I was living here, just wanted to get out of Syracuse, right? As most people do at some point in their life and quickly came back two years later. But never in a million years thought about any of that. And my first night there, geckos all in my house i'm like what the hell so yeah we um we lived in this um and i think i've told you the story before we lived in this one room house on like a big spread of land mm-hmm. that was a hunting camp but they transitioned it into like housing for the workers okay and this was just my family my mom my stepdad my sister and myself mm-hmm. and we would have to check our boots check our shoes, check the shower before we would get in because there'd be scorpions in there. Or... Yeah, it's awful. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Luckily, we don't have to deal with any of that up here. Right, right. Yeah, not most of it. So at what age uh, do you first start getting interested in, t- uh, you know, food and cooking? And um, That's also another interesting question. Um, well, it became a necessity when I was probably about seven. Okay. Um, and first fascination, when I was about five, mm. four or five, we, uh, as being Native American, we had would have funerals, and funerals lasted four days. Hmm. So at the beginning, depending on who it was, yeah. um, at the beginning of one particular funeral when I was four, um, they had a cow. Hmm. So the cow was backed up in a trailer. My grandfather killed the cow. The women dragged the cow into an outdoor kitchen that had a couple of uh, fire pits. Okay. And they would take the galvanized steel basins mm-hmm. and they would cook wow. all the parts of the cow. They would start from nose to tail and they would cook, cook the cow, come up with different soups and like wow. fry breads and stuff like that. So that's wild. That was really interesting. Like so, every part. Yeah. So, I mean, are the, are the women who are cooking it, are they also butchering and taking it out or you know what's oh, going yes. on there yep. and you know they save the hide and yeah. um, they treat it and yeah it's really an interesting process yeah and a lot of skill goes into it yeah i'm sure um, i haven't been there in a while so i'm i imagine a, there's some people that still do that uh-huh. but i think so much modernization has happened that a lot of that may be going to the wayside yeah so you're five years old when you see that yes okay and that sparks your first interest in Interest, it. yeah. I, mean, okay. I love to eat. I mean, you don't get my size by, you know, <laughs> not enjoying food. And then um, it became a necessity, like, around when I was seven, uh, just because my mother was injured. Mm-hmm. She, we, my stepdad wasn't a nice guy. So yeah. my mother got injured and was bedridden for a while. Mm. And so we would, I would either have to hunt mm-hmm. or cook with what we had. Mm. So you become, like, creative. Yeah. In order to be able to feed everybody, I'd get home from school, go out with, uh, I had a little twenty two rifle hmm. or a, a little 410 shotgun. I would, if I could get something, I would. Yeah. If not, it would be red beans and rice, however I could fix it. So. What are you typically going after? I mean, are you just going with whatever's moving? Whatever you could. Yeah. Um, you know, squirrel was a big thing. Uh, rabbits were huge. Yeah. Hmm. Um, deer, not so much. 
but yeah. mostly like smaller game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're seven, you said. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you're, if you are getting a deer, I mean, you're having to bring that back. And so you're doing everything. I mean, you're killing this thing. Yep. Cleaning it. Oh yeah. Right. The whole nine. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but out of necessity. You yeah. Know, that sometimes you, you're spitting out uh, buckshot, <laughs> you know, onto a plate. You hear people like, ting, ting, ting. But, yeah, yeah, that's wild. So seven years old, you're doing that. And that just kind of, I mean, at that time, are you aware of, I wonder how I can make this? I wonder how I can prepare this rabbit that I just shot? Or is it just kind of like your, I mean, like when sparks your thoughts of like, I'm going to do this when I get older? Well, my, there was never really a thought until after, like, well, probably the middle of high school okay. that I was actually going to cook or actually enjoyed cooking. Up until then, it was more of a necessity. It was just to eat and move on. Yeah. Move on. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Feed your family. But the, uh, I was really involved in the sciences. Okay. Um, my the one part I had was problem I had was physics. Mm-hmm. Physics was boring to me. Biology and things like that really like I never had to study. Okay. I always just would know just based off mm-hmm. of you know my experience when I was younger um, and the the thought of growing cycles and life cycles just kind of came naturally to me. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of gearing my thought process to having a, a degree in science okay. and moving forward with that and see where that took me. Yeah. And then I, I got a job at a pizza shop and I realized that, A, you know, growing up the way I did, you're always, you don't quite fit in, but I noticed I fit in really well in a kitchen. <laughs> like it was all that, it was back in, geez, 93. Okay. And then that was the height of like, you know, talking Anthony Bourdain and, you know, yeah, there's, right. the, there's the pirates and, and stuff yeah. like that in a kitchen. Right. And I seemed to fit in there. And then <laughs> I just happened to notice um, dough rising. Okay. And I'm thinking, going through the thought process and, you know, yeast and, you yeah. know, the whole process of yeast eating and releasing the uh, carbon dioxide to help the dough rise and hmm. going through just that basic molecular thought. Yeah. Like, well, this is all just a matter of science. Hmm. So when you're tasting something, you know, you balance out the acid and stuff like that. It just seemed to work in, in my mind hmm. um, and with my flavor palette. I mean, I, I always have a great sense of smell. You know, my, the, the missus and I, we go for walks. And if someone's grilling outside, I could tell you what protein they're cooking, <laughs> you know, just based <laughs> off of the smell of the grill. Um, but huh. so it's always, it's always like just naturally come to me and I just hmm. associated it through science. That's wild. But yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So what, uh, so how old are you? You said you're 16 when you're in the pizza shop? I was uh, 15. 15. And where is that? Is that in Oklahoma or is that here? That was here. It was actually okay. a Little Caesars. Really? It was. Okay. It was. The Little Caesars. Um, I have a friend who got his start. He's not a chef today, <laughs> but uh, I have a friend who got his first job. Was it a, He has a tattoo of the little caesar's uh mascot smoking a joint on his shoulder (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's good yeah all right so you're a teenager you're working at little caesar's and you kind of get this interest in it right yes yes um i stayed there a couple years because um i was going to school Mm -hmm. and i went i was really active too so i was on the cross-country team and 
had a couple jobs. One was selling shoes, okay. which was I, it was terrible. That was the worst thing I think like I've ever done. Like a Foot Locker. Like it was. Jeez, oh, what was it? I think it was a Payless. Okay. Awful. <laughs> it was just the worst thing. Like for me, I always I'm always active. Yeah. Well, I was always active. Not so much nowadays. I'm mm. a little older, but I was always active and yeah. always like doing stuff. And it was just so boring. So I couldn't wait for my pizza chef so I could. <laughs> That's funny. Get doing something. Yeah. I was, yeah. It was, but the, um, but I stayed there for a couple of years while I was in school. Mm-hmm. And then I trained, I'd switched my major to culinary. And okay. there it was, that was, yeah. that was it for me. Where like, was that I at? Sucked. Uh, that was, I started at Mohawk Valley. Okay. In Rome. And it was, for me, kind of an eye opening experience. It was, I found that. Use, utilizing a lot of my thoughts of you know using scientific methods and stuff like that really matched well with mm. recipes and reasoning out flavor profiles and and I turned it out turned out to be like one of the best students like mm. like I'd, just naturally I'd yeah. never studied I was a mm. terrible student <laughs> um, then I left the pizza place and got a job at the Turning Stone um, there I was I was still going to school. And working at the Turning Stone, my first job there was I was a buffet runner, and <laughs> just bringing like the cooked food out to the line and back. Yeah, uh, yeah, boy. But I tell you what, you got to know everybody there, and would all go out after work. I mean, I was eighteen, but I mean, you still go out with everybody right. out into work, and everyone sneaks your beers, and <laughs> so I had you know that nightlife, and I would take every shift I could get. So mm. if I'm working a buffet, and then somebody calls out at night. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I can warm stuff up and yeah. I can work the overnight too hmm. and then go to school hmm. and then go back to work the next day. So I'd pull a lot of like yeah, busy. 20, 24 hours, sometimes 32 hour days. Wow. And cause I'm like, you know, man, this is, this is exciting to me. This is fun. Yeah. And then the weekends you just party your face off. <laughs> and then I remember once I was, uh, in school, just hung out with some friends from the kitchen I opened a beer, and I it was um, who the heck? Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. We're watching TV, open it, and uh, it's that I can't remember the song, but it came on. They started singing. I take a sip of my beer, and I'm like, I wonder what time it is. And so I look at the clock, and it was five, five in the morning, and I'm <laughs> like, oh man. And uh, my roommate goes, you know, you have your final today. In the in the lab in the culinary lab, I'm like, shit! <laughs> like I gotta I gotta figure this out. Yeah. Uh, so I jumped in the shower and I lived probably 45 minutes from the school. Okay. Got there, and it was a uh, like a blind basket. Uh-huh. Like basically, they have a bunch of um, ingredients in a cooler. You reach in and you pull out a slip of paper that tells you what you're cooking. Hmm. And it was throughout the whole year. So here's a slip of paper. You don't get note cards. Well, I mean, you could bring note cards in. Like, okay. you have all these people that are, all their uniforms are pressed and stuff like that. <laughs> I wore jeans. I'm like, so I was like, everyone had these note cards. Everyone's like sitting there studying. Yeah. I fall asleep underneath one of the tables <laughs> in the little dining room where everyone's freaking out. Yeah. And so the chef calls my name and like one of my friends, Kosuke Hasugawa, his name was. And he's like shaking my leg. He's like, come on, come on. You got to get up. Like, 
uh, chef just called your name. This is for your final. This is for my final. <laughs> so I make my way in there and uh, do the little pull, pull the recipe out. And I don't remember what I cooked, but I remember it was just super easy. I mean, yeah. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what it was. And he, uh, he goes, you're not in uniform. I go, yeah. And they were kind of lenient yeah. on that. Um, it could have been way worse, but he's like, okay, well, you lose two points for hmm. your, your not being in full uniform. He goes, he goes come, come with me. So he takes me out in front of the group, and he goes, just so you know, Chance has scored a 98% on this exam. He set the bar really high, so it's up to you to come up with the rest of it. And I see everybody's head just drop. And they're like, <laughs> they're like they're start reading their recipe cards and... I'm just like, oh boy, this was way too easy. Folks made this way too easy for me. So is the test is are those tests is that final is that technical or is that based on taste? It's taste and technique. Okay, you know where they'd go around with the little ruler and gotcha. You know, check your knife cuts and yeah. So I mean, it was it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You say easy. that's easy. In my head, I'm thinking the probably the hardest part is the knife cuts and making sure that. Everything's uniform. Yeah. I mean, we put a lot of practice in. And plus, my job at the casino at the time. Yeah, um, that's true. By this time, I'd, uh, they let me sub in on a the line. At the time, it was a sapphire room. So that was the fine dining room. Okay. They let me sub in on the line. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got called for three days because one of the guys went on vacation. And the, mm. my chef at the time, he's like, oh, you know, take take this guy because yeah. you know he, I bet you he could probably help mm. you so I um, went in subbed in for like three days yeah and then the following week he wanted me to come back over and help him mm. and I mean they were full staff yeah and then they let one of the guys go that went on vacation wow so and they were all friends like they're they're like they were the guys that were like the cool guys you know they're the guys that actually cooked real food and <laughs> you know they didn't have a buffet they served plates and they had a really great little hmm. uh the plating style and stuff like that hmm. so they look at me and you know this guy's like 37 i'm like yeah. 18 and they look at me and they were so mad because <laughs> that was their friend you know so what's your inv- i mean so you're what like 1920 at this point 18 18 yeah so what's your influence? Like, do you have influence? Are you like throwing yourself into magazines and, you know, the Food Network at that time? Or are you just cooking? No, up to that point, I didn't even have a television set. Okay. And I would just, based off of just what I would see, what I would taste. Mm. I mean, most of my dishes probably now. Um, Michelle DeGiorgio was my chef there okay. for the fine dining room. Yeah. And he... Oh, this is a horrible example, <laughs> and this says a lot about my, my young age, but he goes, okay, I want you to come up with a special. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, do, do something interesting, something no one would think of, hmm. and do your best at it and see, see what you do. So I did a, uh, like a duck prosciutto hmm. with vanilla ice cream, <laughs> and I made like a, uh, just like a port and cherry wine glaze. And okay. he goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is... I go, I mean, I, I don't know. I go, don't you think like a vanilla would go really good with the salt yeah. and the chilled? So you have like, he goes, no. He goes, <laughs> how many of those have you sold? I go, five. And he goes, five. He goes, stop. Stop what you're doing now. Um, 
Wow. So that was like, you know, that's, just yeah. experimentation. That's and, wild. And so that was, that was awful. Yeah. It was awful. It was, <laughs> it was terribly awful. And, you know, he gave me my review after working a year with him. Hmm. And he goes, he goes, you know, I'm going to put you up for a raise. Hmm. You do a great job. Um, and I'm like, great. He goes, and I'm, I'm reading the comments. He goes, our taste may not match. Mm-hmm. Put in quotations, duck prosciutto and vanilla ice cream. <laughs> but he, he really sticks to it. Yeah. And during that time, that full first year was uh, being 18. Hmm. They lost their friend because right. I, I, he got fired because of me. <clears throat> or maybe he was on his way. I don't know. I don't know the situation. Just yeah. my point of view. And so they would torture me hmm. so bad. Oh, I'm sure. So I would be, I'd get there, like, because we had the longest shift, too. Yeah. Because we're the cool guys, and, you know, we have mise en place, and we have prep that we have to get done. So I'd have my prep. Mm-hmm. Like, I would prep all morning. Hmm. I'd always show up early, not punch in, and try and get as much done as I could. Hmm. So I'd be going through the kitchen with my just mise en place in my hand, trying yeah. to get to my station. Huh. And one of them would come in and body check me into the cooler. Jesus. And I would drop everything on the floor, have to clean it up, and go start prepping again. Oh, my God. But, like, you know, that was, like, that hazing that, you know, they, they didn't realize my background. They didn't realize where I grew up and, right. you know, the life before. So hmm. I kept thinking to myself, well, that's not going to stop me. I could take I could take this all day. It's yeah, I mean, me, it's you know? seven year. Yeah. Out hunting and cooking <laughs> for your family. Right. Yeah. So I could take this all day. And hmm. so then it just became about um, taking that next step. Yeah. You know, getting that, that going from one station to another because I saw this guy doing this. Hmm. And I guarantee you if I work hard enough, yeah, I can, I can take his spot. And, you know, I, I can take the pain. I could take the burns. Hmm. You know, I'd be willing to, like, sacrifice just about anything to... to get to that goal yeah and so that's what i would do i would just continuously work i'd put in hours and hmm. you know hang out with everybody once they started accepting me as like kind of the goof yeah so they <laughs> like i would kind of hang out and i remember we're at a house party and uh michelle and i are we're having a couple beers we're outside and just chatting and he goes so what do I have you doing on your station now? So I went through my list of mise en place hmm. and he goes, holy shit. He goes, I really keep you on your toes over there, huh? He goes, well, why don't we move you over to this side and let's see how you do with that. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is my, <laughs> um, this is my shot. And uh, so when uh, I finally got over, it was like my first night at the grill station hmm. and I tanked. I tanked so bad. <laughs> it was like a Friday night. We had like 250 in reservations. <laughs> and it's a steakhouse. Yeah. So I'm getting slammed so much that the wait staff would come back with like the steaks and throw the plate at me. Like, and like they hated me so much. They hated me. Like, they're like, fuck you. This isn't cooked right. I could cook this better at my house. And wow. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it was rough. Wow. But, you know, it's that trial by fire. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that sucks, <laughs> but I'm going to, you know, keep at it. And it, it turned out that I found out that, you know, as much as I always wanted 
to work in a science, yeah. this was where I was comfortable. Like, yeah. I could take that abuse all day. Hmm. Like, I can continue on and yeah. do things better the next day because it was a constant challenge. Just keep going. And then it was cool, like, you know, as things progressed and, you know, I became friends with everyone, they had would do countdowns to when we can go out drinking and, you know, we'd just hang out beforehand and have yeah. a couple of drinks before work. And hmm. like, it was really that family that I loved. Like on our days off, we would all hang out together. We'd yeah. go play video games somewhere or hmm. go to some, you know, house party or have a cookout. Or I, I like that whole family aspect where hmm. you, you back then people, if they hated you, they would come up, look you in the face and tell you they hated you, <laughs> you know, or they would purposely like to let you know that they disliked everything about you and everything you did. Yeah. And there's a certain aspect to that honesty. Yeah. That, uh, that, that forwardness mm. that you t- tend to respect because, right. well, they can tell me that gives me the right to be able to express how I feel. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, we work together. Yeah. We eventually become friends. And yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, being in, the, in a kitchen, it's not necessarily you're not trying to be, you know, win a popularity contest or right. uh, trying to necessarily be this, you know, I'm happy and friendly with everybody. Right. I mean, I'm sure the same is true today, but, you know, the stories of today aren't coming out. You know, in right. a decade, I'm sure somebody's going to write a book about what it was like to be in a kitchen in 2015. But right. for the time being, all of our stories and all of our books and tales are from the nineties and the eighties yeah. and before oh, yeah. that. And, you know, you're seeing that, you know, it's, it's funny, like I'm sure you can attest to it to a certain extent, but you know, the, one of the questions a lot of chefs are asked or, you know, are you yelling at your staff? And I'm sure then, yeah. Oh yeah. Then that was, was just it. Then they to, would they would shove you into stuff and yeah. they would point the, put their finger in their in your face. There's not a question. Um, T- I mean, today there's a question: Are you? Yeah. Or should you? And then it was just. Well, I, I did have this conversation last night with somebody. Um, he's taking over a position of uh, management now. Okay. And so you know he's just kind of we're chatting it up and he asked for kind of a little advice, and I said, well, you know, you find that middle ground, mm-hmm. that one instance that where you work your work alongside your guys Mm -hmm. as a leader and in turn you know they respect the fact that you are there in the trenches with them yeah you know you show up early like my 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 dad who i lost last year always said you know you are the first one there and you're the last one to leave Mm -hmm. so if you're the first one there and the guys see you, they see you prepping alongside them, they see you hmm. communicating with them. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to yell at them. Right. I mean, you can reprimand, you can, but I, it took a lot of learning. My first, one of my first executive chef jobs, um, this goes back to Mike Brown. Hmm. Uh, we had a crab cakes and I felt they were dark, too dark to sell. <laughs> he felt they were fine. And he asked the owner, the owner said he thinks they were fine. I took them. And I, I said, well, these aren't what I want to serve. I dumped them on the floor and stomped on them <laughs> and told them to make them again. And, uh, yeah. So I had some, like, early on, yeah. like, I was yeah. really passionate. And, like, because that's how I came up. And then I noticed that, you know, people don't necessarily <laughs> respond well to that. Yeah, for sure. So it took me a few years to figure that out. But trial and error. I mean, yeah. eventually you, 
you get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't want to phrase it like this, but I'm going to just for a second. You've, uh, maybe that's the wrong way to say it. You've gone from restaurant to restaurant in the, yep. in the area. But what I find really unique about your uh, resume is that you go from different restaurants. So in other words, it's not like you're going down the line of like the Italian American right. places, right? You're going from Francesca's where you're getting invited to the James Beard Foundation yes. yep. to Parisa where you're also getting invited to the James right. Beard Foundation. I mean, it, let's we don't even need to talk about the amount of talent uh, that somebody has to have to get invited to cook there. Right. But to be able to be invited there three different times, correct? Uh, four. Four different times. Yeah for different styles and cuisines yes, is very rare. Yeah. Um, well, uh, again, going back to the, the whole science background is that you never stop learning. And part of that is you re I really did my best to learn every aspect mm -hmm. because in my, for myself, my own personal belief for myself yeah. and what I find to be true for me is that I view my knowledge or my lack of knowledge in a particular area. Mm -hmm. If I don't have that knowledge, mm -hmm. then I need to figure out how to do it, how mm -hmm. to do it well and how to do it as good as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So cooking, yeah, case in point, Italian food always comes easy. Yeah, you're exposed to it a lot. Mm -hmm. So Especially a lot here. of the, a um, lot of what I cook there for uh, Feast of Saint Joseph, mm -hmm. my my first ever invite. Um, it was a lot of the recipes I wrote myself, mm -hmm. and so a lot of the techniques I created for mm -hmm. that dinner alone, because I didn't like representing Francesca's at the time. Yeah, but representing myself, mm -hmm. I wanted to put my own spin on a lot of the stuff. So mm -hmm. I would, uh, things like smoked heirloom tomato sauce yeah, um, with fava beans mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. um, what else did I do? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I did uh, like a calamari that yeah. I grilled and you know, you split it in half and you make little cigar rolls out of it when it bakes. So, you know, just to try over and over again to get that perfect mm -hmm. consistency where calamari is just, fork tender and absolutely delicious so the thought process behind that was i want to do italian food but i want to do it my way mm. and i want to represent myself francesca's and my friends who joined me yeah the best i could so we're doing mm. different techniques too like i did a um i think it was that time I came up with uh, some sort of cappuccino, like a little bean cappuccino, mm -hmm. uh, where I used a couple molecular gastronomy techniques. Um, so I made like a tomato foam, mm -hmm. um, just and put it in a little siphon charger thing. And so the, I had like the beans and siphon charge it, so it looked like a cappuccino, but wow. it tasted of like a tomato hmm. basil or like a caprese. When you're going down to the, uh, when you're going down to James Beard and cooking. Do you feel you're going down uh, representing yourself or the restaurant you're at at the time or both? I mean, how does that work in your mindset for it? Um, I feel like for the first time, I felt like I was representing myself in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. 
ever since then, it was representing myself and this area. Gotcha. Because, I mean, let's face it, nobody goes on forever. Yeah. So every time I've gone, I've always made sure that I brought people, like, mm-hmm. from various backgrounds. You know, the mm-hmm. first trip, I brought a couple of people from MVCC. Yeah. Uh, a couple students. I put it up to a lottery. Hmm. And, you know, we worked together and worked on these specific dishes. Wow. Um, as well as some of the local chefs, like Mike Brown was there. You know, I would bring as, like, my, who I feel mm-hmm. that could use the experience as, like, an inspiration hmm. or that could use that experience because they don't want to necessarily see the same food over and over again. Yeah. You know, in Syracuse and right. Central New York. That's how expansion happens. That's how you make the area better, to make the food better Yeah, here is by exposing what little you can do for, you know, these chefs Yeah, to, to be able to kind of guide them in that direction where, you know, bright lights, big city. Hey, let's go out. Let's have dinner somewhere. Let's go hmm. do this. And here we are. We're cooking in the, the, the mecca of the culinary world, right. or at least in the American uh, side. And let's see what we can do. Hmm. And... You know, our first dinner was a huge success. Um, we sold out, actually. Hmm. So, first timer to sell out. Right. You know, they were super stoked. Yeah. Is there a bigger honor for a chef, you know, than to be invited down to the foundation to be able to cook? Well, you can win a James Beard Award. Yeah. Uh, my friend won one last year. Okay. Um, he's a Native American chef called, his name is Sean Sherman. He okay. goes by the sous chef. Okay. And so he won one for his book, which is absolutely beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And then he won an, uh, a leadership award this year because mm-hmm. of all the work he's doing with um, Native American tribes and collecting mm-hmm. indigenous food. Like he's mm-hmm. reintroducing wow. indigenous cuisine to the United States. So wow. he goes to reservation to reservation, brings these seeds that he's cultivated mm-hmm. with his little group, and he delivers them and then shows them how to take care of the plants. So we're growing indigenous food that is like things like wild celery and wow you know um that's amazing all sorts of interesting stuff Hmm. that just naturally occurs here that naturally grows so things pepper root yeah um so it's really really Hmm. cool stuff that he's doing yeah that's amazing so and he's such a such a great guy such a nice guy we were gonna do a dinner at the beard house last year it's just things got so crazy like he won the award so his schedule filled up like like nothing Hmm. Um, working with a biochemist that um, developed a certain type of koji to be able to, um, that he's also Native American, mm-hmm. but he developed a type of koji that uh, typically just used for like steaks and hmm. uh, meats and stuff like that, uh, that rapidly ages them. Hmm. So, uh, that's wild. interesting stuff. Cause huh. we, we had a conversation um, for the dinner we were going to do, Sean was going to take the indigenous fruit. Okay. He was going to do, you know, indigenous food. Yeah. I was going to take that and connect the dots with my feeling on things. Like, mm. my perspective is the whole unity. Like, the world is, we're all the same. Our food is very similar, yeah. depending on where you're from. For sure. So, I was working on uh, a couple recipes, like things like rabbit gyoza, mm. um, using... Uh, um, corn maze to hmm. make the um, gyoza wrapper. Yeah. And wow. no, so items like that that I wanted to tie the two worlds together. Hmm. And then my 
my friend, his name is Rick, he was going to, he's working on distilling um, sake out of wild rice. So we had an idea for a couple cocktails, and hmm. he does a lot of curing and stuff like that. And so he was going to do a bunch of different cured items and wow. desserts. So it was really coming together. It's just I decided to do this. Yeah. Sean won an award, <laughs> and Rick's calling both of us like, guys, come on. <laughs> you know, the, beards, the Beard House is like, oh, you know, we have these dates open. Just let me know. Yeah. And then we're just kind of like, you know, we, we <laughs> don't have wild. time. Yeah. If there's one, let's say there's one dish, could be lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever. There's one dish that you can cook for yourself. You have to eat it four nights a week, four days a week. What is it? Rice and eggs. Real, that's it. Rice and eggs. Are you doing anything special to it? Butter, salt, and pepper. Okay. Rice and eggs. Rice and eggs. <laughs> that's good. I think I've mentioned to you in the past, uh, my kick for the last month has been the stir fry, right? Yes. And I'm not a good home cook whatsoever but i bought a bottle of oyster sauce at the grocery store oh yeah and yeah. that has been my thing oyster sauce is delicious yeah absolutely delicious so i make way too much white rice on sundays typically when we have it and then i've got that for three or four dinners throughout the week to just fry it up in a skillet and it is amazing oh yeah i i i just yeah i'm just good solid with rice and plain eggs. rice and eggs there you go all That's right definitely a staple uh, you have limited things in your menu. I pretty much already know the answer to this before I ask the question. You have li- limited items in your house, in your mm-hmm. fridge, your cupboard. What are you making? Probably rice and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could have dinner with anybody throughout history, alive or dead, who is it? That's a good one. Anyone throughout history? Oh, Richard Blaze. Richard Blaze or David Chang? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Richard Blaze or David Chang? The misses with the save. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I drew a blank. Um, yeah, Blaze is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, I like a lot of his food stylings. I like the thought process. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> very similar to to mine, yeah. I think. Okay. Um, David Chang is David Chang. Right. Um, having just a short conversation with him before, it was... Uh, pretty cool it was pretty mind-altering and Hmm. absolutely like like his idea of simple and good yeah make it simple make make it taste like better than anything anyone has tried so Hmm. yeah awesome one of those two well chef thank you so much for taking the time today i appreciate it yeah absolutely thanks for having me Well, that is all we got, folks. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. Make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let me know what you think about the Eat Local CNY podcast. It would mean the world to me if I could go on and see your new review. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Until next time, make sure that you are eating local.